Welcome to the His Inners Podcast. I'm Zach Ben alongside my sister Paige. And today we preview NFL Week 11 and talk about the matchups, biggest matchups, the ones we're looking forward to, storyline in each game, and preview who we think will come out victorious. That's next here on the His and Hers Podcast. All right, Paige, NFL Week 11 is upon us. Uh, before we dive into the matchup, we have four teams on a bye this week. Or excuse me. Yeah, four teams. We have the Falcons, uh, the Colts, the Patriots, and the Saints. Um, many would say that all four of these teams, minus the Colts, could definitely use a bye. The Colts probably very happy to have one after the Germany trip. But all three of three of those four teams are in a tough spot, coming off a loss, uh, a few losses, and hoping to come out of their bye a little bit stronger. But we're not here to talk about them. We're here to talk about the the Amazon Prime game. Initially, Joe Burrow leaves the game somewhere in the second quarter, wrist injury, and it's caused quite a amount of, of controversy for the simple fact that Joe Burrow wasn't listed on the injury report at all. Uh, and then there's photos, like video evidence of him showing up to the stadium that was later deleted by the Bengals of something like around his wrist and hand. And then, of course, goes out of this game with a wrist injury. Uh, there's video of him trying to throw the ball, one in the game where he's in an incredible amount of pain. And then on the sideline a little bit later, uh, not being able to finish the throw, not being able to hold on to the ball. So. Uh, what do you make of this game? What do you make of this situation, Joe Burrow and, and all the sort page? Yeah, I mean, this has been a season for quarterbacks in the NFL. It just feels like every single week another quarterback is going down. Um, but yeah, obviously Joe Burrow suffered like a calf injury earlier in the season. So just a bummer that once he got healthy, the Bengals started really cooking. And this just looks like. It doesn't look good for the Bengals team. Obviously, Joe Burrow going out as the Ravens have dominated since and really taking control of that game, just going up by three scores. And so, yeah, just a bummer for the organization. You can't help but think that uh, without Joe Burrow, there's not much hope. Those those playoff hopes for the Bengals are slipping away. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, it's amazing how many different stories there seems to be in an NFL season. Uh, like different chapters, because obviously the season starts off in a really rough spot for the Bengals, Joe Burrow with a sore calf. Uh, and then they reel off a few wins, including, you know, the uh, impressive one against the Seahawks, the Niners. They then beat the Bengals. And uh, it kind of feels like, OK, they're back. You know, they're back in a good spot. The team's playing really well. And then before you know it, in two weeks, they're back to their five and five. Uh, they have a low percentage chance. I think it's like down to 22% chance to make the playoffs. And uh, Joe Burrow could be out uh, for an extended period of time. because you can't grip the football. There's not much that you can do. So uh, it's been kind of a two steps, uh, one step forward, two steps back type of situation for the Bengals this year. And it just seems like things aren't going to line themselves up for a playoff push, which we talked about this before, you know, being Viking fans the last two years of Zimmer. Uh, they got off to 0-2, 0-3 starts in back-to-back years. And in the NFL, it's so hard to climb yourself out of it. Not that you can't. 
like the Bengals did this last year. They started 0-3, I believe, and ended up winning like 11 in a row. And so, of course, that can happen. But as they have experienced this year, they got that slow start. And, uh, you know, one injury here, one injury there, all of a sudden, you know, it's it's hard to rip off those wins in this league. So just a tough spot for them to be in. Um, but the Ravens have looked really good. Odell's looked really good. Uh, the passing attack in general, obviously, you'll see how Mark Andrews comes out of this game, uh, was rolled up on ankle, uh, whether it's a sprain or broken, we'll see. But overall, the 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 Ravens have answered the call after that loss that they experienced last week at the hand of the Browns. Yeah, I I'm really excited about the Ravens. I just think they're getting better and better as the season goes on. So it's shaping up to be a good playoff run for them. So let's move on and preview uh, the Sunday slate. Uh, there's some really interesting matchups and and also quite honestly some duds. So I'm gonna I'm gonna rip these off. Uh, we'll start. So uh, the first game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, this is going to be a tight one. This yeah. is going to be circle this one on your watch. It's going to be on red zone a lot. Yeah, it will actually probably will be. Because the Cowboys will be scoring touchdown after yes. touchdown after touchdown. So C.D. Lamb has a streak of consecutive games of 150 more yards and 10 catches at three. It's a record in the Super Bowl era. So his last three games. 12 pat catches uh, for 158, 11 for 191, and 11 for 151. So I just love the stats that they compile together to make it the first time. I mean, this one is actually one of the more impressive ones you'll see, like 150 and 10. But I wonder how many guys have had three straight games of 150 yards, but in one game they had like six or seven yards or six or seven catches. You know what I mean? I just like how they put the qualifiers on it to make it seem more elite. Uh, to to elevate it, but nonetheless, he's been on a burner. Calls himself the best wide receiver in the league, and he's played terrific this year. Uh, outside of that, any chance for the Panthers uh, or the Cowboys? What's more likely, the Panthers win or the Cowboys win by twenty five plus? Much more likely, the Cowboys win by twenty five plus. The thing about the Cowboys is that this season, the games that they have lost and the games have been close have been against really, really good teams when they are matched up against an inferior team, they have dominated. So I think we're going to see yet another dominant Cowboys performance. I'm scared for Bryce young. If I'm being honest with that Cowboys defensive line and their pass rush. And so I think Bryce young is going to get beat up a lot on Sunday and that the Cowboys are going to come away uh, with quite the win. Yeah. Perhaps even by 30 points. Probably they're, they're uh, outside that one Cardinals week. But as we know now, Josh Dobbs magic was just on the Cardinals for that week. Little did we know. Don't, but, get, don't bet against Josh Dobbs. No, but outside that where they lost the Cardinals, they have been the bully this year and have just put the hammer down on a lot of, of the bad teams. They play they play the uh, so they play the Panthers and they play the commanders next week. So they'll be eight and three and then they hit a true gauntlet. So we'll actually get to see what the Cowboys are made of. Moving on to one of the more intriguing matchups in the AFC North. We saw the two AFC North teams play today. We'll see the other two play against each other on Sunday when the Steelers face the Browns. Again, Pittsburgh is the first team to be outgained in every single game and have a winning record since 1933. So uh, very interesting team. They, they played earlier this year, and this was one of those games where uh, they won that game without ever having a snap inside Cleveland's territory. Pittsburgh did. 
Uh, so they're just proving new ways to win these football games. The Browns are going to be starting uh, Torian Robinson, the UCLA legend, uh, with Deshaun Watson out for the rest of the year with shoulder surgery. Um, so in this matchup, Paige, are you going to give it to the hometown team, Cleveland Browns, in that defense? Or do you think the Pittsburgh weird freaking season will roll on and continue into this year, into this week? Yeah, it's an interesting one because uh, back in week two, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cleveland Browns 26-22 um, with two defensive touchdowns. And mm-hmm. so it was crazy because you just didn't kind of expect that with what the Cleveland Browns look like week one. Um, but obviously Deshaun Watson loss is huge for that Browns team. Um, and just makes it so that the Steelers defense with TJ Watt just kind of scares me a little bit for them. Um, I think TJ Watt's going to be able to mess up Dorian Thompson Robinson a little bit. And so I think I could go either way on this one, but I feel like with a uh, quarterback being out, there's just opportunity here for the Steelers to win in another weird way. Um, like they've been doing this season. And so I think I'm going to go Steelers. Yeah. I think it's going to be close. I think this is going to be a low scoring game because I think both defenses are going to play well. I think it's going to be a really sco- low scoring game down to the fourth quarter, but I think the Steelers might pull it out. Yeah, I can see the reasoning there. Um, I just, I think, I think that overall the Browns defense is going to stifle Kenny Pickett and that Steelers offense. And it's not as if, Deshaun Watson was playing out of this That's world. True. He's been in and out this whole season. Yeah, so it's they've they've been through this, they've been prepared for this, and they still have been on the other side of most of the games. I mean, they went into Cleveland or it went into uh, I believe it was Seattle, and they should have beat the Seahawks if it weren't for a couple dumb mistakes made by Kevin Stefanski and. And so, and so anyway, I get to that point. I, I think that they're going to beat the Steelers. I think at home, uh, they'll be able to kind of control the, control the game. And like you said, they lost the Monday night football game by giving up two defensive touchdowns uh, just on offense, just doing stupid plays, whether it was Watson or fumbles. Uh, and so I think they keep this thing on the ground. I think they keep, um, keep the pass rushers of TJ Watt kind of in check and, and they grind out a really ugly win at home. Uh, to keep on pace for the playoffs and, and for that division. So I'm going to go with the Browns at home. Uh, not that I really think it's that trustworthy. Uh, into another divisional matchup, but one of less, I guess, intrigue. The Chicago Bears are in Detroit to face the Lions. It looks as if um, they will get Justin Fields back for this game. Uh, here's a fun fact for you. So the Lions went forward on fourth down five times against the Chargers, converting four of them. Jared Goff passed for 333 yards, Amon Ra having 156 of them, and then Jameer Gids and David Montgomery both rushed for over 100 yards. Now, the Chargers defense is terrible, but I wouldn't say that the Bears have a really stout defense as well. Do you give the Bears any chance to go in and upset these Lions, or do you think these Lions make it very clear that this is a matchup that they aren't ready for and get ready for Thanksgiving and the parties that will come from there. Yeah, this is one that I, I think you should circle because I think that people are expecting the Lions to kind of blow out the Bears, and I just don't think that that's the case. Um, I think that, one, interdivisional games are always tough regardless of what team looks like. There's always a chance for one team to kind of pull it out. There's more emotion. There's more preparation going into these 
Um, and I also think that the Chicago Bears defense is playing its best football of the year right now. Like they've yeah. they've been they've been performing well. Justin Fields is obviously returning after his four game missing streak from injury. And while he hasn't been the most reliable, he is capable of kind of these like big weeks where he can go in and like do some cool things that might set them over the edge. And also take into the fact that Detroit's defense has given up at least 37 points um, in a lot of their games. And so like the Detroit Lions defense is not necessarily their strongest piece of their puzzle either. And so I think this game is going to be really close. I think ultimately I trust that like Jared Goff is going to be able to like drive down, get a game winning field goal. But I think it's going to be really close, like 27, 24, something like that. So I think it's going to be a tight game. But I am going to go with Detroit in this one, but they're, it's going to be close. Yeah, the two of the last three weeks, they've given up 38 points to the Ravens and then to the Chargers. And so, yeah, it's not as if they're, uh, the ball can't be moved on then either. Uh, for the Bears, you know, they are, they are I guess, uh, able to have those big plays. But they're kind of an interesting position because of the trades that they made last year with Carolina. Uh, they have right now two of the top five picks in the upcoming NFL draft. The Panthers holding down the fort and allowing them to be in sole position of the one with a 39% chance of getting that top pick. Um, and then the other one uh, just floating around with their own record. So if you are a Bears fan, you can kind of spin zone everything that happens that if you lose, it's okay. You know, because you have two of the top five picks. Like how often does that happen? Very rarely. So a uh, little spin zone for you. Gonna move, I'm going to go with the lines of that one as well. The Chargers go on the road to face the Packers. Um, both teams coming off of a loss and also at a point in the season with, where they wish they would never have been. Um, Jordan Love has had four chances this season alone to lead his team to a road win on the last second drive. And uh, through two fourth quarter interceptions last week in Pittsburgh to seal his fate. The Chargers coming in off a very emotional and disappointing loss uh, to the Lions, as aforementioned Lions. Uh, Paige, this game has uh, some interesting components to it. But do you think the Packers can beat the Chargers at home? Well, the the Chargers are one of the most frustrating teams because they're just all over the map and every single week. You just don't know what team you're going to get and what it's going to look like. Um, but this is obviously a must win game, I think, for the Chargers in order for them to stay alive for their playoff picture in the AFC. Yeah. And so this is kind of like do or die for them. Like they can't lose to the Packers. And oh. so I think that you're going to see them. I mean, the Chargers are two and four in one score games. And so obviously for them to win, they kind of need to get out ahead. They need to have a couple. They need to get a couple touchdowns or a couple field goals ahead of the Packers to be able to stay ahead. The one thing is that I think that the Packers defense has been more, far more consistent than their offense and that Jordan Love uh, has shown to be not the most reliable of quarterbacks. But the Chargers defense is so bad that there's potential for Jordan Love to look good. Kind of a little bit reminiscent of week one. I felt like that's like Jordan Love, everybody, we like every Viking stand was a little bit nervous after week one of like, oh no, is like, did Green Bay find yet again another incredible quarterback? And so I think that there's opportunity here. I think that this these teams match up well. 
And so I'm really intrigued about what happens, but I do think that ultimately the Chargers are the better team and they're going to come out with a win. Um, but again, I think this is another, I'm, I'm very hopeful that this week there's a lot of close games because I feel like this is another one that could be a close matchup. Yeah. You know, it's always those weeks. I remember last week, people talking about how there wasn't really any, um, intriguing, like, I guess like hype matchups, but then, the, and then ended up five being, games were within field goals. Yeah. It ended, ended with the, uh, Monday night bills Broncos game. That was another, uh, game winning field goals time expired. So there were six last weekend, which is an NFL record. So, you know, typically when we get into November, these teams have a pretty good feel of each other. There's film on both sides. So I think you see less, unless they're, you know, so unevenly matched, like the Cowboys Panthers will be, there's less volatility in the score and, and more opportunity for some close matchups. So I think this will be a really good football game. The Chargers can't help, but they're like the Viking, the, the, the AFC Vikings, where they can't, do, they can't help themselves from playing a close contested game. That comes down to the wire. So you got to keep it interesting. I think that the Chargers have a better quarterback and therefore they're going to get the win because of it. I'm going to pick that. They just have a worse head coach. (laughs) That's true. CJ Stroud of the Texans is um, he's passed for me. Read this quote exactly. So uh, he has passed for 15, 1,513 yards on throws over 10 air yards. So throwing it down the field nearly 100 more than any other quarterback in the NFL. And he passed for 100, 826 yards against Tampa and Cincinnati in the past two weeks. So obviously, it's been the Stroud season. Uh, and unfortunate, if you are a Panthers fan, just watching this happen to a guy that you could have had but chose someone else who isn't playing anywhere near, near as well. Now, again, circumstance and time, all that matters because who knows what Bryce Shane will become. But C.J. Stroud has looked great. Big win on the road in Cincinnati gets them over 500, and they're firmly in the playoff hunt. The AFC is murky. It feels like every team is five and four, uh, so it's going to be tough for them to make it, but they still even have a solid, solid chance at their division. The Arizona Cardinals come in after beating Atlanta Falcons and Kyler Murray's return. Paige, does Kyler Murray get the Cardinals on their first winning streak of the season and beat the Houston Texans in Houston? I'm going to take a no on that one in CJ Stroud. I trust. Um, Ooh, I even just, the salute. The wow. Salute. The salute For the video people, Stroud. she saluted. <laughs> That's big time. Damn. Um, I just think that one, Kyler Murray, while I love watching Kyler Murray play, I also think that he tends to be kind of all over the place, a little bit of inconsistency with his play. And so I just think that there's opportunity here. I just think CJ Stroud beating Joe Burrow has just got me on the CJ Stroud hype train. And so I'm going to take C.J. Stroud in this matchup. I like the Texans over the Cardinals here. Um, yeah, C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I that's, think that's our I, guy. I don't think there's a fan base that has higher optimism right now than the Houston Texans with the draft capital they have. Um, D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud. I mean, it just it's lined up for them where, again, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, but you come off the Deshaun Watson thing, you're petrified because – now it's like, how long are we going to have to wait for another franchise quarterback? And it seems that you got one that not only is, you know, as good or could get better, but seems as a person, you couldn't get a better human being than CJ Stroud and who he is. Just a great kind of just personality and always deferring and, and putting his success on other people. So just one of the most remarkable 
turnarounds, I think you can see in, in such short order, uh, the Houston Texans have done a great job of that. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars on rebound from one of the worst losses of the season by any team. They're sitting at six and two, five game winning streak, all the buzz, all the hype. And then Trevor Lawrence was sacked five times, threw two interceptions, and lost a fumble, which is the 18th of his career, which is seven more than the closest player uh, since 2021 when he was drafted. I didn't even know that he had a problem fumbling. So this was kind of an interesting stat to come across. Uh, the Titans coming off the loss to the Buccaneers. Um, Will Levis brought back down to earth after his first couple of starts where he looked pretty good. Um, Page, Titans-Jaguars have a feel for this AFC grudge match. I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think this is a bounce back game for them. I just think that uh, there's inconsistencies in terms of Tennessee's pass rush. And I feel like Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to kind of. I just think Trevor Lawrence going only scoring three points last week, like he's going to come out and he's going to be ready to put some points up on the board. And so I think that it's just kind of a bad spot for the Titans to be in and having the Jags just kind of getting embarrassed on national TV. And so I'm taking the Jags in this one. Yeah, I I would love to pick against them, but I just don't I just don't know if Titan, the Titans have the talent to do that. I think really for them year the year out is just to evaluate Will Levis um because if they end up picking high uh and there's things you didn't like from him, he obviously had an impressive performance, four touchdowns against the Atlanta Falcons, but they have kind of shown that they might be really bad. Uh the Falcons might be just terrible. Uh, and so in these type of divisional games against a good team, a good defense, I think all they're looking for is, is he going to be the guy moving forward or do we need to potentially pick someone in next year's draft? I think we still need to be testing out Ryan Tannehill. Oh boy. He asked for his release, by the way, at least that's a report. I report. I read wild I times, maybe the jets. I'm just kidding. Um, Antonio Pierce has the, uh, Las Vegas Raiders at 2-0, beating both the New York teams, Giants and Jets, in that order. They now go on the road for the first time in the Antonio Pierce era to take on the Miami Dolphins, who are coming off a bye and a difficult loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. If the Dolphins have shown anything, is that if you play them in Miami, they probably will roadhouse you. So, can Antonio Pierce get his team ready to go to face the Miami Dolphins? and continue on that winning streak. No, I think the Dolphins are going to win by two touchdowns, at least. Yeah. I just think that what we've seen from the Raiders this season, so much happening in their facilities, head coach getting fired. Obviously, Antonio Pierce has been able to put together some pretty impressive wins in terms of just like everything going on in those facilities. You might not expect them to pull out two wins against the New York teams, but the two New York teams have arguably some of the best, the worst offenses in the NFL. And so uh, just kind of a perfect matching, I feel like, for the Raiders sure, yeah. um, these past two weeks. And so to me, I just think that they're going up against an entirely different beast this weekend. They're going into Miami, and I think Miami is going to have an impressive win over over the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, Miami has kind of done what the Cowboys have done this year. And when they face someone who's clearly inferior, they just they just run it up on him, and I believe that Devin A. Chain is going to be back. That running back, uh, rookie running back from early in the year, who it might be faster than Tyree Kill. So 
getting more speed in that offense. I just don't see a way that the Raiders can slow them down. Again, I think the Raiders are in the same boat that the Titans are. It's not so much about making the playoffs and, and making a Super Bowl push. For them, it's evaluating Antonio Pierce and evaluating Aiden O'Connell, the rookie quarterback, to see what they need to do going into next season. Now, they don't even have a general manager right now, um, so it's going to be interesting to see how everything unfolds. I guess they have an interim, interim general manager, but in terms of a full one, not yet. Uh, and so they're really, you know, um, Mark Davis is just in full evaluation mode to see what he wants to do moving forward. We have the matchup everyone's waiting for, the NFC East, or other known as the NFC Beast. The 2-8 and eight Danny DeVito-led Giants are going into Washington to face Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders. Uh, Giants coach Brian Dables 0-7 against NFC East top two teams, the Cowboys and Eagles. Um, but one of the Giants' two wins uh, came against Washington on October 22nd. Uh, back, however, when they weren't starting rookie quarterback Tommy DeVito. So do they have enough poise and swagger to go into Washington and snatch a win? Or do the commanders get back on the side of winning and does Sam Howe pick up another win? Well, I mean, who is currently leading the NFL in passing yards? That would be one Samuel Howe. That would be Samuel Howe. And that is not Tommy DeVito, actually. Where does Tommy DeVito fall on that list? He's not even on the list. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I'm well, going to take. Well set up. That was set up very well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to take the commanders in this one because I think the Giants are awful. I think their team is crap. And I think watching them is one of the worst things that's happened to all NFL fans over the course of this season. So I just think that the commanders have a lot more exciting things happening. I'd rather much watch them play. And I think that they're going to be able to just rip up that. Uh, that Giants defense. I think the the commanders having been able to stay in some pretty tight games with teams like the Eagles just proves that like they can play up to that caliber. And so I'm just hoping to see the commanders really take a commanding lead and not let this one be a close nice. one where they have to iron it out. That was, that was so nice. What? The commanders take a commanding lead. I didn't even notice that. Wow. That's <laughs> how you know you're in the zone. Well, there it is. <laughs> there it yeah, is. Yeah, I don't, um, you know, we always wonder who the playoff team that's going to kind of bottom out. It seems like every year in the NFL, you have a team from previous year's playoffs that ends up bottoming out and, and kind of having a really rough year. And to Zach's joy, his prediction came true. It was. It was. I mean, as bad as wrong as I was about the Chargers, I, I was as right about the Giants. <laughs> Uh, and obviously there's a lot of factors going into that, but Brian Dayball going from the town hero to everyone already hating him. It just, it happens very quick in New York. So why it's, why it's such a tough place to be. I'm going to go with commanders at home. I like Sam Howell and I think the giants are the worst team in the NFL. I think if the Panthers and the giants, you think, you think the Panthers would beat them. I would agree with that. I, I think they're that bad. But do we think the one team that might be worse is the New England Patriots? Uh, maybe. That, that's a good, that's a very solid point. I would like to see those two play. I wish yeah, you could just. That would be the worst thing ever. I don't want to see that. <laughs> I take it yeah. back. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, this, this late afternoon Sunday slate is terrible. I'm going to count. We have one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight. We have eight 
uh, early window matchups. And then we have three at the four. The four late matchups are Buccaneers at 49ers, Jets at the Bills, and Seahawks at the Rams. Gross. Gross. I'll start with the Buccaneers at the Bills. Uh, The return of Debo and Trent helped uh, the San Francisco end a three-game losing streak. You just said Buccaneers at the Bills. No, Buccaneers at the Niners. Excuse me. There we go. Debo and Trent Williams returned against Jacksonville, helped end a three-game skid. Chase Young played his first game. Um, He helped generate four pressures and collaborated with Nick Bosa on a strip sack. Collaborated. Um, Now, Christian McCaffrey's uh, touchdown streak ended against the Jaguars. But can Baker Mayfield go in to San Francisco and keep the Tampa Bay playoff hopes alive? with a shocking win over the San Francisco 49ers. Yay or nay? I'm going to go with nay on this one. I just think that Baker... She says nay. She says nay. Nay, nay, nay. I just feel like Baker Mayfield has done what Baker Mayfield has done his whole career, where it's like he gives you these moments where you think, oh, like, no, he's going to be able to lead this team. And then you're 10, 11 weeks into the season, and you're like, oh, like, yeah, this is, we're a subpar team. (laughs) with a subpar offense. And I just think that the 49ers had a weird little stint there. They obviously lost three in a row. They've got their groove back. They denominated the Jags last week. And I think you're going to see them have a commanding win over the Buccaneers this week. I do too. I think you look at that defensive line and it's almost like you're watching a Pro Bowl defensive line. Like the amount of guys that they have on that side of the ball and the fact that it just doesn't seem the salary cap matters to them or the Eagles. It's kind of astounding, uh, but when you have a your starting quarterback on a seven hundred thousand dollar salary, then that will help you be able to do some very funky things. Uh, so I'm going to pick the Niners at home as well, although I do think it's closer than some maybe Niner fans think it will be. We have a rematch of the Week One Aaron Rodgers torn Achilles game. The Jets in Buffalo to take on the Bills. Um, Josh Allen is only one in the league to have thrown 10 or more interceptions each of the past four seasons. He leads the NFL in interceptions with 11 and turnovers at 13. And Ken Dorsey gets the knife in the back uh, from Sean McDermott and is fired on Tuesday morning. Does that make a difference? And can the Bills keep their very now very slim playoff hopes alive? I just I don't think that this is an offensive coordinator problem. No, I think that obviously it's you got to point fingers at somebody. You have to make moves when you've got a fan base and a team that's pissed off and upset. Um, but this is the thing is that whenever when, when the Bills lose, then it's always the narrative of like, oh, Josh Allen is too risky. He takes too many chances and he throws interceptions. But that's the player that Josh Allen has been his entire career. And when it works out for them and they play well, you just accept it. And Josh Allen is the face of your organization. So you're not going to make any changes at quarterback. So you have to make changes at offensive coordinator, or you've got to make changes at Sean McDermott's level at head coach level. And so it's like, are you, do you think that it's panic time and bills enough to like fire the head coach? Like what, like, do we think it's time to get rid of Sean McDermott? There's been like some inklings from Ian Rappaport that that's being discussed. Um, But curious before I take the take, before I give my take on this game, curious on your thoughts on the drama within the bills organization. Yeah, I think it's one of those, you know, kind of unique situations where the owner comes down and says, well, something's got to change. And 
Sean McDermott is going to fire himself. So, and he's already calling the play, so he can't on uh, defense, so he can't fire the defensive coordinator. So it was like, well, it's got to be you. It ain't me. It ain't so, me. It's got to be you. Yeah, I just think this this one will be an interesting matchup. Obviously, one of Josh Allen's worst performances was in their week uh, one loss to the to the Jets. Right. And he just threw just these awful interceptions. And I just don't think I don't I still even with the season that they've had, I still trust in Josh Allen enough that I don't think his pride is going to allow him to play that poorly against the Jets again. And so I think the Bills are going to pull this win out. I think it'll be close. It'll go back and forth. But I just I take I take Josh Allen over Zach Wilson. And I think that he's going to be able to pull this one out. I don't think there's a world where Zach Wilson beats Josh Allen twice in one season. Yeah, I think it kind of goes into the theme that the Jets had last year. Now they were better. I think they were six and three at one point. Uh, but it's just hard to always rely on a defense week in, week out. Um to, you know, not only shut down a team, but create like a turnover in a short field or even score points. Uh, and that's kind of where the Jets have fallen to. They they not only need them to hold teams to, you know, low in the teens or in the early, you know, low 20s, they got to get them a short field or a touchdown. Yeah. And so uh tough ask. And yeah, I think where Buffalo's at and kind of the hunger that they're probably going to have in this game, I'm going to give it the, the nod to the Bills to avenge their week one loss. The Buffalo Bills. Speaking of a week one matchup, the Seahawks are playing the Rams, uh, which uh, we have a team at six and three and a team at three and six. And the team that won that week one matchup is the team at three and six. Uh, they're five and one in conference game that have a stretch here uh, where they played the Niners twice, Cowboys and Eagles. Uh, so this is, you know, not a must win, but to get to seven and three before you get into that stretch would be super important. Uh, obviously, they, to maintain pace with uh, the um, the 49ers, uh, who they didn't play twice, but also just keep it keep yourself in that mix for the wild card as well to make sure that you you, you keep keep alive there. So uh, the this Rams, it seems that Matthew Stafford's on track to play this week, which you know is always not what you want to see if you're on the other side of it. But Paige, do you think the Seattle Seahawks can go into Los Angeles and pick up the win? I mean, there's a world that it can happen with Pete Carroll. I think that the Seahawks um, roster to me is better in almost every way than the Rams aside from quarterback. And so with Matthew Stafford returning, I think that there's to me, it's a much higher chance that the Rams pull this win out just because of Matthew Stafford's return. And um, if he's looking good and feeling healthy, then I think you're going to see it like a demanding Matthew Stafford presence on Sunday that causes them to win. But obviously the Rams have been anything but but everything but overwhelming since their uh, Super Bowl win. And so there's always a world where they lose. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. It's, if Smith, if Smith, if Gino can play well, if he can play consistently, he's been all over the board, I feel like this season. But if he can play well, then I think that the Seahawks have a really, really good chance of winning this game. It's a matter of if Gino plays poorly, throws a couple interceptions and gives the ball to Matthew Stafford on short fields, that's going to be kind of like the icing on the cake for them. And so if Gino Smith can be consistent and put up, put together some good drives, then I think it's very likely that the Seahawks pull out this one. Yeah, I think ultimately it's like a, any team Pete Carroll coaches. Just don't, if you play quarterback for him, just don't turn over the ball. Uh, be safe with it. You'll have a good run, run game with Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker. And uh, and so ultimately, I, I think they'll grind out a win. I think it'll be a close, 
divisional affair, but I think that they'll put enough plays together together uh, to pick up the win because I do think they know how important how important it is to win this game before you get into the gauntlet that's coming up to end your season. And so I think they get the win in Los Angeles. Sunday night football. This is a game I thought was going to be flexed for the longest time when the Vikes started one and three and the Broncos. I think they were one and three as well. Uh, but it did not, and it's proven to be a good choice. The Vikings are six and four. The Broncos are now four and five, both on five game and three game winning streaks. Uh, Josh Dobbs is the first play in NFL history to pass for 400 yards, rest for 100, and have zero interceptions in his first two games with the team. Again, love how many qualifiers there are in that. Just think it's hilarious. Uh, they've won five games in a row without Justin Jefferson and two without Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. Um, Justin Jefferson is tracking to potentially play this Sunday. Uh, He's been a limited participant in practice both days. Um, Do they need Justin Jefferson to get the win? And are the Broncos going to get to 500 by beating Josh Dobbs on a primetime affair? I think where this is working out for the Vikings is that the Broncos having just beaten the Bills, I feel like, Felt like a really big win for them. And so I'm just manifesting that that's going to make them underwhelming this week. Um, Much like the Vikings when they beat the Bills last year in the same month, November. And then they went and got dominated by the Cowboys. And so for me, that's what I'm manifesting. I'm manifesting the Broncos to get dominated by the Vikings this week. Dominated. Dominated. Um, Yeah, I don't think that's a bad point. I, uh, I look at it. And uh, there's a lot of viewpoints of this game. Uh, Sean Payton doesn't trust Russell Wilson, uh, doesn't want him to make mistakes. And so uh, they run the ball a lot. And the Vikings have had, at times, tough time, tough, tough time stopping the run. Now, the, you know, the earliest example of that be against the Eagles, where the Eagles ran the ball down the Vikings' throat to win that football game. But then you go back a couple of weeks ago and the Atlanta Falcons love running the football and they were able to shut down that attack. So, you know, maybe they've made the proper adjustments. Um, so I really do think, as you mentioned, it's going to go back to who's 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 not going to make the mistakes. And that's kind of basic football one on one. But when you play this type of game, I do predict this one to be a little bit lower scoring than what the Vikings have played in recently. I think it's going to come down to, you know, field position whether that's on punts, field position, turnovers, uh, and who really makes the first big mistake to give the team a short field uh, is going to lead to the, them losing the football game. So I'm just going to go with the Vikings because, you know, it's hard for me to say that they aren't going to win. Um, but I do think Josh Dobbs looked a lot more comfortable in just a week in that offense. So it's going to be interesting to see what Kevin O'Connell can really scheme up with him another full week in terminology and all that comfort. Uh, starting to come into place for him. Yeah, I think the biggest benefit uh, that I see is not so much the Joshua Dobbs and offensive experience that the Vikings can provide, but Brian Flores' defense. Cooking. Um, cooking, and I just think that they're, I think that that's something that can really work against um, that Russell Wilson offense, and I think they're going to be able to put some pressure on Russell Wilson that's going to cause him to make some mistakes, and so that's where I see the biggest benefit for Minnesota going into this game is. Yeah, one of the under talked about but best hires of the entire offseason was the Vikings getting Brian Flores from the Steelers to be their defensive coordinator. Uh, so I saw a tweet recently where it was uh, the, the like a screen grab of the 
Giants Vikings playoff game where I said this might be the first uh, playoff matchup where both teams lost. Talking about how um, you know the Vikings lost the game and the Giants lost because then they believed in Dana Jones and resigned him to a massive contract. Uh, and you know I'm starting to look at that as a win because if the Vikings win that game, maybe there's a chance they move on from Ed Donatel, but maybe maybe not. And uh, you can already see the difference in this defense. A lot of the same people. There's really very few changes outside Bryant, Brian Murphy being the, really the signature one. And shout out to Anthony Barr coming back to the squad. Going to wear Eric Kendrick's old number, 54. Let's go. Uh, um, kind of take place of Jordan Hicks. But anyway, he's just done a tremendous job, and they seem to be playing with more and more confidence uh, in that scheme. Uh, and so I think they're going to be able to do enough things to Russell Wilson to make him uncomfortable. Now, the matchup of the week, one that everyone is excited for, the rematch of the Super Bowl, this one in Arrowhead. I mean, we have everyone excited for it. We have Eagles fans, we have Chiefs fans, NFL fans, Swifty fans, as if, as in Taylor Swift going to be in attendance for this game. Andy Reid is 4-0 against his former team. Uh, but... On the flip side, Jalen Hurts has 12 straight victories against opponents with a winning record. That's tied for the longest streak with Vinny Testaverde. Way to go, Jalen Hurts. So he plays well against good teams. Uh, this this one is really to me a coin flip game. You have the eight and one Chiefs, seven and two, or eight eight and one Eagles and seven and two Chiefs. So I could see this going either way. But Paige, who do you think is going to pick up this win? I think that the Eagles are going to pick up this win. Oh, Eagle. Fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah, I think the Eagles are going to pick up this win, and then they're going to lose in the Super Bowl to the Chiefs. So Again? Yeah. Oh. It's Taylor Swift season. L- little spoiler. It's been, Taylor Swift has taken over the world, and so it's only right that the Eagles and the Chiefs play again, and her man, Travis Kelsey, gets his second ring. And also, let's just talk uh, about the moment. Page. No, I meant his second ring in two years. Um, oh. But let's just talk about a moment where on an interview, Travis Kelsey was talking about the whole thing with Taylor Swift, about all the deal with paparazzi being everywhere and everything like that. And he said, he said the words that the biggest highlight of his life was winning a Super Bowl until he's been with Taylor. Wow. And so if that's not true love, we don't know what is. So, you know, there's there's hope yet. Love still exists. If Travis and Taylor work out, then um, the world will heal itself. I truly believe that. I saw a very funny TikTok where it was, uh, it's uh, like, let's see, 2041 and Taylor Swift and uh, Travis Kelsey's son has to decide if he wants to be uh, like a, a singer or. But that's uh, the best thing. It's like Zac Efron. And it's Troy, yeah, Troy Bolton in High School Musical. I'm like, <laughs> this is so stupid. It's really the best. Ask me how many times I've watched the video of uh, Taylor dropping my man on the Chiefs line. And then after the concert, running up to Travis and kissing his face. Ask me how many times I've watched that video. How many the times? limit does not exist. The limit wow. does not exist. We, I like, you know, the amount my my friends and I were just sending the same the same video. Over and over and over. Again. Just different angles. Just hey, did different you see this angles. Angle of the dissecting same video? it. Dissecting it. So but back anyways, to the game. back to football. Um, um, I think that I think the Eagles have been playing dominantly. I think that they have a really really productive team. I think that their roster is more complete than the Chiefs, 
And so I just think that this is an opportunity in prime time for the Eagles to kind of edge out on the Chiefs and come out with a tight victory at the end, just like they have been doing all season against really stellar teams. So, you know, every time I bet against the Eagles, it hasn't gone well. So I'm going to bet against them. And then this is probably the week that they'll lose. Yeah, I think obviously their only loss coming to the Jets and that that turnover affair by Jalen Hurts. But I look at it where this is a game that Patrick Mahomes usually plays really well in. Uh, he loves his prime time. He loves the prime time. And he also loves the Eagles have a really poor pass defense right now. A lot of people have had success, uh, whether it's a safety issue or cornerback issue, but people have been able to move the ball on them through the air. And so I think that continues. And I just, it's hard for me in this moment, all this hype, you know, getting into November where Mahomes just continues to elevate his play. Uh, it's just hard for me to pick against the Chiefs. If this was in Philadelphia, I could feel differently. But a lot of the times, you know, there's there's very few home field advantages left in the NFL. But the Chiefs certainly do have one of them left. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs to pick up the win at home. Big Taylor Swift boost for the entire team. Uh, that pop, pop going to be crazy. I should have taken that into consideration. The fact that Taylor will be in attendance. Yes. Apparently, the Kelseys and the Swifts are going to meet. The families are going to meet for the first time this game. So Let's go. Big time. They're going to get married the day after the Super Bowl. Wow, that's quick. <laughs> that's very fast. When you know, you know. You know, you know. Well, awesome. Well, that is our Week 11 preview, including a little Taylor Swift. Not that you're getting that enough from anyone else. But thank you, Paige. Just have a great weekend of football and hope all of our picks are correct. Skull. Skull forever.